Hello, everyone, and welcome to CCK Live with Chisholm, Chisholm, and Kilpatrick. I'm Courtney Ross, and joining me today is Michelle DeTore and Nick Briggs. And today we're going to be talking about appeals at the Board of Veterans' Appeals. The broadcast today is going to focus specifically on appeals in the new uh, appeal system, or AMA. Um, and so before we get into specifics, I want to just provide a quick AMA overview uh, as a reminder. So in February of 2019, VA officially implemented the Appeals Modernization Act, or AMA. In this new system, when a veteran receives a rating decision from VA that they want to appeal, they have three primary appeal options. They can file a supplemental claim with that decision, they can choose a higher level review, or they can choose to file a notice of disagreement directly to the Board of Veterans' Appeals. Um, so this broadcast is going to focus on this third option, but if you do want more information on AMA or those other two review options, um, you can check out our blog. We have a lot of information about AMA um, at cck-law.com. So to further complicate or really just give additional options, if a veteran chooses to file a notice of disagreement to the board, um, they have three more options they can select from. Um, three different dockets at the board, and they can select which, which docket they want their appeal adjudicated in. There is the evidence docket, the direct docket, and the hearing docket. So we're going to walk through each one of these and break down um, the specific details and nuances of each docket. So Nick, I'm going to turn to you first. Um, let's start with the evidence docket. Can you give a little bit of background about what the evidence docket is? Um, and the name kind of speaks for itself and that evidence can be submitted in this docket. So giving a little bit of insight into what type of evidence you could submit. The evidence docket is for claimants who want to submit additional evidence in support of their appeal, um, but when they don't want a hearing. Um, so this one kind of falls in between the direct docket and the hearing dockets, which we'll talk about later in terms of how long it might take for you to receive a decision. Um, in this docket, they can submit additional evidence either with the notice of disagreement itself or within a 90-day period following the submission of their Notice of Disagreement. Uh, in terms of the specific types of evidence they can submit, um, it, it sort of runs the gamut. You can submit medical evidence, lay evidence, service records, so on and so forth. Um, you just need to make sure that the evidence is specific to the issues that you're arguing and appealing to the board. There seems to be kind of, there's more specific rules, it seems like, right, for when evidence can be submitted in the docket and those rules help to determine what evidence the board will actually consider. So Michelle, can you explain that a little bit further um, in terms of what the board, what evidence the board will look at uh, if you're filing an appeal in the evidence docket? So the board should consider the evidence of record at the time the agency of original jurisdiction, so the regional office, uh, made the underlying decision you're appealing. Uh, keep in mind, it's only going to be the evidence that that adjudicator could also uh, address when we're talking about the evidence of record. Um, sometimes based on your lane that you're coming from and going to the board, uh, it could restrict what evidence maybe the, that adjudicator could have been reviewing. But they're also supposed to be considering all evidence that was submitted by the claimant or the claimant's representative within that 90-day window. So like you know, Nick was saying, you can either submit your evidence with your submission or you have 90 days from your election um, and your notice of disagreement you filed to submit that additional evidence. Um, a good thing with the board decisions, it's slightly different than the regional office decisions, how the regional office decisions will list out every piece of evidence 
uh, they've considered, the board will kind of create a more of a summary when they're discussing the evidence of record. So you'll kind of get to see if the board did address or discuss the evidence that you submitted. We're, we're talking about these three different docket options if a veteran wants to appeal to the board. Um, and we're going to walk through the specifics of each. So, you know, what are some thoughts on what makes the do- the evidence docket the right choice in a certain case for a veteran? If they were trying to determine what are the pros of the evidence docket, um, what are some things they should think about? So I think a good thing is, you know, the fact that maybe you don't want a hearing and keep in mind the hearing docket is the longest wait time for a decision from the board, but you have additional evidence you want to submit to the board uh, that maybe isn't of record already. Uh, it's usually a good option too when you know you've kind of gotten to a point with the regional office where you're you know you you want to get this before the board. Sometimes more complicated, more complicated or complex issues are better handled by the board. So submitting that additional evidence and getting up to the board will give you a chance um, to get that decision, maybe a favorable decision, a little bit sooner. Um, and again, it, it's you know the option to submit evidence. Um, to the board rather than, you know, maybe wait for the hearing. Um, So it's, you know, going to take a little bit more time than the direct docket, but less time from what we understand than the hearing docket. And I think that's a great segue into uh, summarizing the second type of docket, which is the direct docket. Um, And so in this docket, no additional evidence can be submitted um, and you cannot request a hearing in this docket. So in other words, if a veteran wants, if a veteran selects direct docket, the board is only going to consider the evidence that was of record at the time um, of the decision that's being appealed. So at the time of the, uh, usually the a rating decision that's being appealed. Um, so one important, I think, distinction in this docket too is that you can submit argument based on the evidence that was already of record um, at any point up until the time that the board makes a decision. But you can't submit evidence. So that would be things like, you know, Nick mentioned before um, in terms of what can be submitted in the evidence docket, medical opinions or additional treatment records or lay testimony. If it wasn't previously part of the record when VA made the decision that you're appealing, um, you cannot submit it in the direct docket. And so um, that's obviously quite a distinction from the evidence docket that we just outlined where there's, while there's strict rules about when it can be submitted, you're allowed to submit additional evidence and the board will need to consider it, assuming it's submitted within the correct windows. So Nick, Michelle mentioned that you might receive a decision quicker in the direct docket. Um, How long can veterans expect to wait for a decision if they select a direct docket? So at this point, VA still has a target goal of 365 days or one year. Um, but obviously, the goal can be impacted by the number of cases that they receive on the direct docket. Um, in terms of how they organize things, each case has a target distribution date. And that distribution date is what they consider to be the date by which the case must be decided. Um, and that's usually set by 365 days from receipt of the notice of disagreement. Um, and the amount of time that it takes for the case to eventually be decided by a veterans law judge. Um, We have a BVA backlog tracker that provides some insight as to the recent wait times veterans have experienced. Um, But by and large, this still remains the fastest of the three dockets. Um, And we are still receiving decisions within that year timeframe or pretty close to it. Um, And then in terms of benefits of the direct docket, 
Um, again, the major benefit is to get your case before the board as soon as possible. Oftentimes, you're going to be dealing with legal issues that the regional offices aren't equipped to handle. Um, and you just want to get the case to the board as soon as you can so that the veterans law judges can take a look at it. Um, because you have this option to you, you can take it to the board as soon as you can. And even if you do get a denial, you still have options down the road to include filing a new supplemental claim or still going to court like you did in the old system. Um, and it also eliminates additional wait time at the board for any veterans who already have fully developed claims uh, where there really isn't more evidence for them to submit at this point. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. And it, again, if you want or are looking for additional information on what Nick just mentioned about what the review or appeal options are after board decision. Um, again, we have a lot of information on our blog at cck-law.com um, that will give you some more information on those specific review options. So I want to turn now to the third and final docket option at the board, which is the hearing docket. Um, Michelle, I'm going to turn back to you if you give us a little bit of an overview about what the hearing docket is and how it works. So essentially, the hearing docket is when a veteran wants to have a hearing before a veteran's law judge. Um, at this point in time, you know, the claimant is entitled to a hearing on any issue involved in that appeal. I think that's an important point to point out to uh, clients and veterans in general is that the judge in, or the veteran's law judge is really only going to discuss the issues involved in that appeal. They're not going to discuss any issues that may be on appeal elsewhere. And essentially, that's just because they don't have typically jurisdiction over the issue to make any decision on it. Uh, so just keep that in mind is that your hearing is limited to the issues that are within the hearing docket on that appeal before the board. Um, so this docket, how it works essentially is so VA has a form, VA form, 10182. Um, it's the notice of disagreement to the board. So here you would check off that you want a hearing. Um, also noted on the form is that this will delay um, your case a little bit. It, it does actually note on the form uh, just to kind of give clients and veterans kind of another uh, additional idea of the timeframes on it. Um, Kind of different than the legacy system, which we were talking about a little bit earlier today, is in the legacy system on the form, you were able to select what type of hearing you wanted. Here, you will get a usually a follow-up notice from the board instead asking what type of hearing you want. So right now in the AMA system, there's three types of hearings. So you have the central office hearing, which is essentially that you're having a hearing at the board's headquarters where you're essentially in the same room with the veterans law judge. Um, a second option is that we call it a regional office hearing. Essentially, the judge is in Washington, D.C., and you are located in your VA regional office. And it's, it's basically via kind of a virtual link that you have your hearing. The third option, and the option that the board is only currently doing, is a virtual telehearing. Um, it's basically, it can be Anywhere, it's just a virtual hearing where like you could be in your house and the veterans law judge could be at their house and you're having a hearing uh, virtually through an internet or device capability. Um, so those are the three options currently you see now. I think it's important to note there was a fourth option you used to see in the old system, which was called a travel board hearing, but unfortunately that's no longer offered in the new appellate system. So typically, when it's time for a hearing, the board will notify the claimant and the representative of the scheduled hearing, typically in writing. 
Um, it, it usually happens at least 30 days ahead of time to give everyone ample time to prepare. Um, also, there is a possibility that the scheduled time and date don't work. Um, requests to the board for a hearing date may be made if you need to change it. At any time up to two weeks prior to the scheduled date, they usually ask for good cause. So maybe the fact that, you know, you're very ill, you don't have transportation, um, you know, there could be, you know, some other events that could, you know, impact your ability to make that date and time. Um, so once the hearing is concluded, so you'll go, you'll do your hearing via one of those three options. Uh, it's always good to be mindful of the fact that you can obtain a transcript of the hearing. Uh, you do have to make a request for it. The board won't not automatically just send it to you. I do recommend that you do obtain the transcript just because sometimes maybe something got lost in translation that you might want to clarify at a later date. And I also just want to mention too that um, Michelle mentioned that it says itself on the form that if you do select the hearing docket, um, you're likely to experience a, a longer delay in receiving a decision from the board. Um, in light of the COVID-19 pandemic over the last year as well, um, the board was really only doing virtual hearings. Um, and so I think that's added to a slight backlog of hearings that the board has um, that it still has to work its way through. So just to keep that in mind too, that the pandemic has had an impact on the hearing docket specifically um, and what types of hearings the board's been actually conducting over the last year. So the hearing docket is similar to the evidence docket and that additional evidence can be submitted by a veteran um, and the board will need to consider it. But again, there's specific timeframes for when you can submit the evidence um, that the board has to consider. So at the hearing itself, in addition to the testimony from the hearing, uh, veterans or their representatives can submit additional evidence at that point. Um, and then 90, within 90 days following the date of the hearing, um, veterans can also submit evidence during that time period. The board will not and does not need to consider any evidence that is submitted during between the time that the veteran files a notice of disagreement and the date of the hearing. Um, and it does not need to consider any evidence that was considered after that 90-day window has expired after the date of the hearing. Um, and so the, I think that's just an important point to emphasize in a similar way that we did with the evidence docket. The timing for when the evidence can be submitted is very specific. Um, this is very different from the old legacy system as well. So that's a, an important point to highlight. Um, and if you want additional information on pros and cons of having hearing, um, if you're trying to decide whether the hearing docket makes sense for you, um, we recently did a video um, on CCK's website and our YouTube channel that you can check out that uh, focuses on the pros and cons of a board hearing um, if you're trying to make that decision and want more information. So you can check that out as well. So that covers the three docket options if a veteran gets a rating decision and chooses to file a notice of disagreement to the Board of Veterans Appeals. One important point to know is that the notice of disagreement to the board has to be filed within a year of that rating decision um, to be considered a timely appeal and keep keep your claim stream alive. So, Nick, if a veteran selects, let's say they've select, they've already filed the notice of disagreement and they've selected a, the hearing docket and they've now decided they actually want to switch to the evidence docket or the direct docket, is that a possibility? Can veterans switch dockets once they've filed that notice of, agreement, notice of disagreement and made the, their selection? Yes, they can, um, but there are some requirements that they need to keep in mind. 
Um, one, it needs to be done within a year of that initial rating decision, or I believe within 60 days of the board's acknowledgement of the filing of the NOD. Um, and they need to file a new NOD form that selects their new choice. Um, that way it can be processed and docketed appropriately. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is they can't change their docket if they're already locked in. Um, so, for example, a veteran submits a notice of disagreement, chooses the evidence lane, and submits evidence with that notice of disagreement. In that case, they're locked into the evidence lane, and they're going to need to stick it out. Um, the same goes for veterans who are in the hearing lane and have already held their hearing. Um, in those cases, they should just submit evidence within that 90 days if they have it, um, and then wait for a board decision. Um, but if you're still within a year and you haven't locked yourself in by submitting anything, um, then you do have that opportunity to switch lanes. So I think hopefully one takeaway from this broadcast is that uh, a veteran who has, receives a rating decision has a lot of different options that they can choose from. Um, and even within the option to file a notice of disagreement to the board itself, they have multiple options within um, that appeal option to figure out what's going to work best for them. In terms of submitting evidence, just be very careful and very cognizant of the windows of time during which you can submit evidence. Um, it's also kind of counterintuitive, um, but it can often make sense to submit evidence that VA itself has generated. Um, if you become aware of a VA exam that you think is favorable, you might want to resubmit it and point out why it's favorable to your case explain why it's retrospective if necessary so that they can consider it as a part of your appeal. Um, the system's still new. The board is still figuring out what it can and can't consider. Um, so as long as you're within one of those evidentiary windows, um, just submit anything and everything that you can. I would just say when you are switching lanes, make sure you're using cover yourself language. So we specifically are very clear that we're only withdrawing one notice of disagreement if they're finding the other one timely and acceptable. Um, so I recommend submitting everything is with one package saying like I'm withdrawing my direct docket and I'm choosing the evidence lane. Here's my notice of disagreement, but I'm only choosing and withdrawing my direct docket appeal if you find my evidence lane uh, selection timely and valid. Yeah, I think that's really important, too, because as I mentioned, there's so many different options um, and rules for each docket that just as we can get confused VA can get confused too, so I think to make it as crystal clear for them as to what you're looking to do, um, the better result that you're likely to get on the other end of it. So I think that's a really important point as well. Well, thank you both uh, for joining me today. For more information about your appeal options under AMA, um, again, you can visit our blog at cck-law.com and check out our YouTube videos. Um, and as always, don't forget to check us out on social media for the latest VA updates um, and veterans news. 